my loves coming up on the Repurposing Your Soul podcast. We'll be speaking with therapist Heidi Eversall about why therapy is important in her book, House Visualization Techniques. Stay tuned. Hi loves, for this week's episode, we are talking about the importance of therapy and some of the tools used in therapy. We have a special guest, therapist Heidi Eversoll, author of the book, House Visualization Technique. Hi Heidi, and welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Doing great, thank you so much. I believe that our listeners are gonna learn so much from you today. Um, could you, you know, please give our listeners some of your story and what led you into becoming a therapist and why therapy is so important? Absolutely, yeah. Um, thank you so much. I, I really do want to take a moment to say thank you because um, uh, not just for the work that you do, of course, you play a, a really important role in the community, well, veterans um, specifically, and um, uh, forgive me, someone's doing lawn care outside. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, also for the, um, for being able to be uh, transparent and vulnerable in your podcast so that other people can um, heal from your example and, and, and learn how to grow. So um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to pass by without, without mentioning that. Um, so Thank uh, you. On, on your battle buddy list, I hope you can Put me next. Uh, put me on that list as well, because uh, I'll definitely be your battle buddy. Oh, thank you! Don't make me cry. We won't make it through the episode. <laughs> thank well, you we so stick much. Together, is, you know, as far as I'm concerned, and um, you know, veterans, uh, females, um, we trauma survivors, we got to stick together. Yes, that is so true. Because it's hard out there, and the more you know, we support each other, the better. Was it all saying? It takes a village. It really does take a village. So, thank you. Yeah, that's so true. Um, to to kind of um, you know go go along with your question about um, a, a little bit about my stories. Um, so so I am a um, a licensed counselor here in here in Cincinnati. Um, it's uh, kind of an interesting story. I don't know if I told you, but um, I. Uh, I, I was in the military. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do post-military. I think a lot of young people are there uh, at some point. And um, and I, I was sitting on a uh, I was sitting on an airfield in Afghanistan, and I happened to be reading a book someone recommended to me called Five Love Languages, uh, which is just a phenomenal book. And um, you know, just kind of contemplating what I wanted to do when I got uh, you know when I got back to the states and. Um, it just hit me sitting right there. Um, I wanted to become a counselor. I wanted to help people uh, with you know mental health issues and relationship issues, and um, you know just all kinds of things. And that just seemed to be uh, such a, a natural fit for me. So that was, um, I guess, kind of how I received my calling, is you know I refer to it, uh -huh. uh, and where I've been ever since, just kind of on that path to uh, you know becoming more educated so that I can help more. Uh, more kinds of people, you know, people with, uh, you know, a wider array of uh, uh, traumatic experiences or, you know, just life experiences in general. Thank you. Um, and can you tell everyone why is therapy so important when you're going through trauma recovery? I, I don't know that I can overstate the importance of therapy in trauma recovery. And I think that you've said something similar in, in a previous podcast. Um, of course, therapy can be good for for anyone, really, even just like a, uh, an objective third party to talk something over with, uh, to help you get perspective, to give you additional information or ways of thinking of things that maybe hadn't been um, obvious to you before. 
uh, that can that can be huge. I have clients who come in who just you know do a couple of sessions, um, and then they feel like they've got what they what they need. And then you have those those people who come in, um, and they have been through a, a really traumatic experience or a really difficult experience that you know there's a, uh, in the past or is ongoing. And um, uh, gosh, those uh, those people, and I, I'm speaking personally as well. I, I just really needed someone to come alongside me. And, um, and not only offer hope that there is a way through this, um, but that at some points, you know, when the emotions are really overwhelming, to show me ways to cope with those emotions and to be that kind of voice of reason that, um, that uh, you know, offering the, the, the reframing or the, um, the shifts in thinking to help me, uh, you know, um, ground and, and come back into reality. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And um what you said is it's so true um, that the need for therapy, because um, I can honestly say I would not be where I'm at right now without the years of therapy that I went through. And it was so beneficial that um, whenever I see a counselor or a therapist, like I want to give you all high fives and big hugs because you're so you're so important and you're just so um a key component of healing and people don't understand that because there's so many stigmas around mental health. So um, another question I have for you is I actually brought this up in a previous podcast where I had my um, timeline for healing. So for those of my listeners who might've been like me that said, you're going to heal in two weeks. Why is it so important? (laughs) Why is it so important to have patience while you're going through therapy? Um, I, 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 oh gosh, I'm, uh, well, I'm right there with you. I, um, I, I think I, the first couple of sessions, uh, you know, with my own therapist, I, I, I said something like, uh, we gotta be through this in a year. And, uh, <laughs> and it, uh, it didn't. It didn't turn out to be quite that, uh, you know, that length. But um, for anyone who's who's looking uh, for a timeline, um, well, you know, what I tend to try to offer is, um, uh, okay, well, let's let, let's meet for, uh, you know, a, a couple of sessions and then see how we feel. Let's meet for a month and reevaluate. Let's. Um, so you know, just kind of talking about it as an ongoing process, um, with the acknowledgement that some people really do need some kind of. Uh, concrete or, you know, uh, finite kind of uh, data so that they can hang on to that. That is completely okay. Um, Patience is important. Sometimes it takes time to build patience, doesn't it? Oh, yes. um, (laughs) Which can be difficult, yeah. So just working with people where they're at and saying, okay, right now they need to know uh, what is something they can look forward to in terms of a, uh, you know, kind of a, a chronological goal. And we'll say, okay, in three months, let's Let's see how you're feeling with the tools that you've learned thus far. And then, and then we can move from there. Uh, and usually people are very, very responsive to that. Say, okay, I can, I can hold on to that and, uh, and work toward that goal. Thank you. And it's so funny when I was talking to my one therapist in Chicago, when I went for um, that inpatient treatment program and I told him, you know, I figured I'd be done in a week. And then the second week I can relax. He tried so hard not to laugh at me. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, you know, um, uh, you know, like trying to control his face and all that stuff. But it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Uh 
But to talk about your book, oh my goodness, Heidi, I absolutely love your book, um, House Visualization Techniques. Thank you. This workbook is so robust with education, tools, and case studies. So what led you to write this book and why is this book an important asset for trauma recovery? Um, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, I, I wonder if I could give just a little bit of backstory. On yes, that. please. Um, and, and of course, uh, it's, um, you can read it. It's kind of in the beginning portion of the book. There's a little story just kind of, uh, about how I came to, um, how I came to write it. And, um, the, uh, for me, my, my therapeutic process over the years kind of began, you write as I came home. Um, from deployment. And it was that same deployment where I decided I wanted to become a counselor. Um, and so the, um, uh, you know, kind of conveniently, um, as, as I arrived home, you know, even in the airport, um, I had experienced so much during that deployment that I really, I knew I needed to talk to someone. I needed to start processing. If I was going to be a counselor, I needed to work on healing the stuff that, um, you know, that had, had occurred really over the, the course of my lifetime. And, um, it was in, in that relationship with the therapist that I found um, that she was really amazing about encouraging uh, visualization and, you know, the use of um, allegory and pictures and um, analogies and things like that. And I'm just a very kind of, uh, uh, you know, I just respond really well to, um, oh gosh, uh, the word escapes me at the moment, but visualization essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and one day I, I was just in a lot of distress, uh, my anxiety was really high. I couldn't figure out exactly what was going on. So I, I just took a moment. I sat down and I said, if my house, uh, rather, if my mind were a house, what would it look like? And, um, and that's kind of how it was, that's kind of how it was born. Um, and then, you know, from there on, this has been, gosh, nearly 10 years ago now. Um, it just, uh, kind of naturally uh, built on itself so much so uh, that the, that it seemed like the perfect tool for people who have uh, traumatic experiences uh, that maybe aren't quite clear, mm -hmm. um, or maybe they don't have a lot of information about them, or really they're just not ready to deal with them head on yet. And so they, uh, it, it kind of provides this buffer, if you will, this canvas so that you can go internally, um, your subconscious can speak to you kind of like in dreams. And, um, it, and it can show you what do you need to work on? What is priority? What is, uh, what is the next thing, you know, up for you that you need to deal with? Uh, and it's so, so absolutely, uh, personal, you know, to individually personal, uh, to whoever's using it, that, you know, no one gets to tell them what their priority is. They mm -hmm. go to their house, they see what their priority is. And, um, yeah, it's just, like I said, turned out to be such an amazing natural kind of tool to, to share with, uh, clients and, and, and hopefully of course now through my workbook, uh, w w with anyone who, uh, you know, who's interested in, in reading about it, you know, kind of a very accessible, um, uh, relatable, uh, simple kind of technique. 
that's what I love about it. The book, the way you lay it out, it's so simple and so easy to follow. I know a lot of times when people read books, you know, self-help books with therapy, it's so dry. It's like 700 pages. <laughs> you can't get through the first chapter until your brain starts to meld, you know, and explode. <laughs> but your book, it's so, like you said, user-friendly and it makes you comfortable. Even in, what was it, step seven, where it says uh, getting used to the uncomfortable, you're still comfortable while you're doing that, just the way that the book is laid out. And you had mentioned something that um, this is the one place where you can be vulnerable because no one else um, is going to be reading this and it's going to be part of that. So I think that's a key aspect when you're going through trauma recovery is to know that, hey, this is a safe place for you to do the work. It's so important. I, I, would, I would say primarily important. You're absolutely right. It's um, that uh, safety, uh, you know, of course, physically super important, um, but from fear of judgment, mm -hmm. um, there, I, I don't know that there could be trauma recovery outside uh, uh, if you didn't have a, a, um, an emotionally safe place to be, um, where you didn't, where, you know, where you weren't afraid of the, the, the kind of onlook of judgment. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you that it's, um, safety is, is key and priority, you know, when we're talking about trauma recovery. Yes. So, you know, how we were talking about emotions. Um, I know a lot of us who are going through trauma tend to, you know, stuff down our emotions and we put them in our own little box and we put that box inside of our room in the house. What happens when you keep those emotions so um, pushed down that they have nowhere to go, no outlet? What happens? Well, I think that's a great question. And I think it's a little bit different um, depending on who you talk to. You know, some people uh, experience physical symptoms as a result, you know, uh, you repress emotions for a very long time. It kind of starts at your body starts to get your attention and say, Hey, pay attention. You got stuff you need to deal with. Um, you know, for other people, it can, it can look like other things. It can look like increased anxiety. It can look like, um, well, re really the, uh, I, I could go on and on, you know, the, the different ways that people demonstrate the symptoms of, uh, emotions that have been kind of, like you said, pushed down for a long time. Um, in terms of how that, you know, looks in people's houses, um, again, a little bit different for everyone. It's, uh, well, kind of symbolically, it's interesting that you mentioned the box because it, uh, it does seem to be a little bit of a theme where people find a vessel of some kind in their house uh, that, you know, that represents uh, some important message or event or person in their life that deeply impacted them, um, that they're not yet ready to open, but they know at some point they're going to have to open that vessel or, you know, like I said, box or jar or whatever it happens to be, and they're going to have to uh, process what what that thing was um, so that they can you know heal and grow from it yeah um where was I about this oh we were talking about you know the physical aspects of trauma I had read um, this study where it shows the different brain scans of people who have you know trauma ADHD and I know a lot of people who are not let's see well versed in therapy, they don't realize that trauma actually does have physical symptoms, you know, like the brain scans of a person who's been through trauma. So can you explain a little bit more about that, how, tr you know, trauma is actually a physical condition? Yeah. And I, I think that's uh, really 
important and hopefully kind of a shift on the horizon in terms of our understanding as a culture, understanding as a country, understanding really as a world, you know, about what trauma looks like um, and how it can be different for the individual, but, you know, kind of some of the common um the, the, uh, the common ways that it presents. Um, and, and that is so that we can understand better uh, as humans. We can be more compassionate towards the people around us who, you know, in whom we see those, those kinds of symptoms. Um, but I, I think that uh, very often um, trauma can present, uh, it, you know, it can can physically manifest. And, um, you know, when we're talking about like heightened anxiety that can be associated with, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, you're, uh, you're talking about, um, uh, you know, people who shake or, you know, people who experience heart palpitations or, uh, people who sweat or they feel, uh, you know, racing hard or, um, things like that. Those are all physical symptoms, right? Maybe right. not obvious from the outside, but, but definitely to the experiencer, um, you know, obvious and, um, uh, and then, of course, you know, you have all sorts of uh, pain that's, um, I think the, the VA did an amazing study. Um, I don't remember how long ago it's been, maybe about 10 years. And um, if I understand correctly, I would have to look it up, but kind of summarizing, um, they were they were wondering why veterans were coming in complaining about pain levels mm. that seemed disproportionate to their injuries. But, and so the, the idea was that, that these veterans were uh, malingering in some way, that they were they were exaggerating their experience of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they actually found when they when they did all of this research was that um, because of, uh, I want to say it was the myelination, because of the additional myelination on the neurons, um, that, uh, that, uh, that occurs because of uh, uh, stress, because of traumatic stress, um, that as that myelination builds up, the, the impulses pass over the uh, the connections quicker so that you can respond quicker. So there's that, that, uh, that benefit. You can respond quicker to dangerous situations. However, it also caused the pain impulses to pass over those quicker as well, which meant that the veterans weren't malingering. They weren't lying. They were actually experiencing more pain, um, just because the impulses themselves are passing over, uh, more quickly. And, and I say all that to say that, um, uh, having trauma unresolved and that, you know, those physical ramifications can actually increase your experience of pain overall. That is so true. Cause when I was probably at my lowest point, I remember I would be in so much pain that I couldn't even get out of bed. It wasn't that I was, you know, just trying to be lazy, but physically trying to get out of bed, it was just like, you know, nerve wracking pain, like maybe on a scale of seven of trying to get out of bed. And then the migraines, you know, just the migraines were so bad that they were crippling. And I didn't realize that it was a symptom of trauma until I actually started therapy. And then it was like, oh, this is what's wrong with me. This is why I'm having these physical symptoms. Because a lot of people don't realize like, yeah, you know, it's just like anything. If you cut your finger, it's going to hurt, you know? So this is, Trauma is like a cut to the brain. That's the best way I can think about it. Yeah, that's a great analogy, actually. And thank you for for sharing your personal experience with us because I uh, it, it's uh, well, I, perhaps you can relate with this. I, I feel uh, you know my experience with clients and my own experience has been that we're kind of in this uh, you know we're we're kind of in this uh, or, or coming out of this cultural idea that um, it just 
suck it up. Come on, just deal with mm-hmm. it and move on. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Come on, you know, like you're only as good as what you produce or put out or, you know, um, or, or something like that. And so, um, you know, being able to take a step back and say, no, people are suffering. People are not just suffering, but they, uh, but they, you know, there, there are very significant, simple ways that we can help. And just by, you know, getting this information out and saying, okay, no, people experience this and it needs to be honored and it needs to be helped. Thank you. And also when you have like family members who are listening that might have a loved one dealing with trauma, how could they um, help their loved ones get therapy? What are words of encouragement to, you know, just kind of like, hey, you know, if it's your husband or your wife, like, hey, I'm noticing some things. How about therapy? How could, you know, a loved one, you know, breach that subject? That can be a difficult subject to bring up. And and you said earlier, um, and rightly so, that there's still there's still some stigma, stigma rather, around, um, you know, the idea of getting um, mental health help. Um, he, I guess here here's the go-to that, that I use, and that is most everyone, um, uh, most everyone kind of experiences anxiety in some form, right? They might not call it that necessarily, stress, uh, feeling overwhelmed, uh, being in distress, uh, being worried a lot. Um, so it goes by a couple of different names, but uh, often it can be a really great observation to a friend or family member to just say, hey, I see that you seem worried a lot. Or seeing that you seem really, uh, I see that you seem really stressed, um, you know. And, and and here's what I noticed about uh, how you how this is affecting you. I wonder if it would be helpful to get a third party to talk to about this, you know, just to you know, j- just to get some uh, some different perspective, maybe to get some tools to help you with the stress. Um, you know, the idea is to uh, to always be clear: a that you love them that you want what's best for them, B, and C, that there's no judgment. Uh, it's all about uh, helping them grow and be as well as they can be, as whole as they can be. Thank you. Um, I actually did that approach with my with my husband because, you know, he he is human too and has his own trauma. But I had noticed, you know, um, you know, certain behavior, certain things that were almost like my like my trauma that I was dealing with. So the way I approached it was like, hey, hon, I've noticed these things and I can understand if you're not comfortable talking to me about it. Have you thought about talking to somebody else? And that helped open the door to get him into therapy. Sure. And I would say that was beautifully put. Of course, we, we love our friends and family member. We want what's best for them. And uh, and sometimes, as much as we would like to be there, everything, we just can't be. And uh, it is, it's helpful to, you know, get that other person in there who, who they can talk to, who they can bounce things off of. Uh, I, I think we can both be, uh, you know, transparent enough with ourselves that sometimes those stresses involve us, too. You know, um, you know, partners and family members, like they've got to have somebody else to talk to about things going on with us. And that's okay. Yep, exactly, exactly. I can't believe our time is almost up already. But Heidi, thank you so much. Please tell our listeners where they can find your book, House Visualization Technique. Sure, yeah. So it's available on uh, Amazon. Um, You can get it uh, in the electronic form or in hard copy. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's about sixteen dollars, so it's uh, not super expensive. I, I you can also get it on the um, the publisher's website, uh, archway.com. 
Um, and so, uh, yeah, or uh, of course, you're always welcome to reach out to me as well. Uh, my email address is heversoll at pathtomending.org. Um, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, of course, I, uh, I, I love helping people. It's been an honor and a privilege to sit with people who are growing and healing through their own traumatic events. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm super thankful to have other people in my corner who are kind of called to the same purpose. Thank you. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, that was the fabulous Heidi Eversall, author of the book, House Visualization Technique. And we're going to close out this episode like we do all the others in prayer. Lord, we thank you for Heidi. We thank you for the life that she's leading. Lord, we thank you for all the people that she's helping. Lord, we thank you that stigmas are being released and people are being healed. Lord, we ask you let this book be a resource for other people who need healing. And God, we thank you so much in everything that you're doing. Amen. All right, loves, this was another episode of the Repurposing Your Soul podcast. If you need additional information, please feel free to contact us on your spot on the podcast site. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Repurposing Your Soul podcast with new episodes every Tuesday. You can listen in on Spotify, Audible, Apple Podcast, Radio Public, iHeart Podcast, CastBox, and Amazon Podcast.